Well, for those of you that are visiting, I've been doing a series in the Ten Commandments, and today we're on number nine. If you have your Bible in Exodus 20, verse 16, we're talking today about uh, bearing false witness. You know, if you go into a courtroom and you give a false witness, it really undermines the whole system that our, our legal uh, society is built upon. I mean, we've got to have people tell the truth. Thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. During each uh, presidential race, uh, <laughs> magazines uh, cover uh, all this uh, with a article entitled something like this, uh, Lying. Does everybody do it? Uh, it's... Uh, it tells about how both sides in the political campaign uh, want to make their guy look good and the other guy look real, real bad. Uh, they ask the question in the article, uh, is anyone telling the truth? Recent survey of Americans said that 60% of the folks in America said, uh, you know, it's all okay to lie if you need to. Uh, that's, that's what they said. 31% of the people uh, believe that honesty is the best policy uh, in every situation. Uh, Dr. Leonard Keeler, the inventor of the lie detector machine, has tested over 25,000 people himself. And, of course, he drew some conclusions from doing all of that. And one was that uh, most people, the vast majority of people, are deceptive. And they're looking for ways to manage the truth uh, to their position. Little boy was uh, caught lying to his dad. And his dad didn't like that at all. And so the dad got the son and they sat down in the living room and he said, Son, now you know we're a Christian family. And I don't want you lying. You lied. I don't want you lying. You know that liars don't go to heaven. Little boy thought about it for a few minutes, and he said, Well, Daddy, have you, have you ever told a lie? And the daddy said, Well, over the years, I have. I've told a few lies, and I feel real bad about it. Little boy said, Well, has Mama ever told any lies? And he said, well, a few, I think, uh, over the years. She's told a few. And the little boy thought, and he said, has our pastor ever told a lie? And the father said, well, probably over the years, you know, he was kind of forced into maybe telling a few. The little boy thought about it for a minute, and he said, well, you know what? I think the only people who are going to be in heaven are God and George Washington. <laughs> the question we want to address this morning is how can I be uh, honest in a dishonest world? How can we do that? And, of course, there's a way to do it. How can I tell the truth? The Bible tells us there are four different ways 
of uh, telling the truth in every situation. Number one, you want to tell the truth completely. God says that lying is the intention to mislead. Therefore, when you tell only half a truth, you're telling a whole lie. Uh, you can lie by falsifying or you can lie by your silence, by just not uh, saying uh, what ought to be said. So you need to tell the truth completely. That's number one. Tell the truth completely. Uh, when you deliberately hold back, uh, you are being deceitful. We don't want to do that. I heard about a teenage boy who was supposed to be home every night at 12. He was in high school, and he was driving now, and uh, they had a rule at the house. You're supposed to be home at 12, and so... Uh, one night he was out way too late, and he was hoping that everybody was already asleep and nobody would know that he was coming in late. And so he kind of snuck in and locked the door, and he came up uh, the stairs toward his room, and he happened to step on a board that made a real loud noise. And his uh, father woke up, and his father yelled out, Bobby, is that you? What time is it? And before Bobby could answer, uh, the cuckoo clock uh, sounded uh, twice. And uh, later on, Bobby looked back and he said, you know, the most uh, uh, ingenious uh, moment in my whole life was right then when I was on the stairs and I imitated a cuckoo clock ten times. Proverbs 10.10 10, uh, says, Someone who holds back the truth causes a lot of trouble. What kind of trouble? Well, when you seek to deceive, you cause resentment, and you cause mistrust, and you cause superficiality. You get into trouble by not saying what you mean and meaning what you say. Proverbs 28.23 says, He... He who is frank will, in the end, uh, gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. If you have an employee who is goofing off and you've got to correct them, really uh, the best way to do it is just to be direct, just to go to them and sit them down and talk to them and tell them how it is. In theory, we all agree with honesty is the best policy, but when it comes down to it, when you have to do something that might cause a confrontation, uh, not many people like to do that. They'd rather just kind of skip over it. Well, God says in the end, people appreciate honesty. So we need to tell the truth completely. Number two, we want to tell the truth consistently. Being honest 80% of the time is not being truthful. It's like the boy who cried out wolf. You know, you never knew when he was telling the truth and when he was lying. If he's telling the truth 80% of the time, that's good. But if he's lying part of the time or if he's not sure part of the time or if he's wrong part of the time, then after a while you lose all trust in what he's saying or, or what he's yelling out. And so you just, you just don't know, so you don't believe. You must tell the truth 
consistently. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.3, people who can't be trusted are destroyed by their own dishonesty. You see, dishonesty destroys. It really does. Nobody can have a good enough memory to be a great liar. You know, you tell somebody something, and then you tell the next person something else, and you tell the next person something else. You know what happens? Those people get together, and they start talking about whatever it is, and then they realize that you are a liar, and it ruins your relationship with them. It's better just to tell the truth consistently, and that way you don't have to remember uh, what you said to everybody. Nobody has that good of a memory if you're lying a lot. You know, you can't keep it all straight. But if you're telling the truth every time, then you don't have anything to worry about. Lying sabotages success. It destroys relationships, and it damages character. God says, don't do that. Don't do it. Tell the truth consistently. You see, every relationship is based on trust. Husband and wife, employer, employee, friend, friend. It's all based on trust. Deception destroys trust. If you are a dishonest person, pretty soon you're not going to have any relationships because nobody can trust you. Proverbs 13, 17, a wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. Occasionally, I'll have a a couple come in and they'll say, Pastor, uh, we need to have some counseling. Our marriage isn't going anywhere. We've been married 15 years, 20 years, whatever, and we're not making any progress. It's just staying the same. We're not We're not really having the great marriage that we want to have. Well, I could, I I wouldn't do this, but I could stop them right then and say, you know why? And they, of course, would say, why? And I'd say, because one of you is lying. That's why. You know, if a couple is not working on it together, if they're not both telling the truth, both sharing their souls, in the marriage relationship, uh, then it's it's not good. You won't make progress. Uh, Somebody is not telling the truth. Uh, Do you want to keep your marriage out of court? Well, tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. So help you God. That's uh, one of the main ways to do it. Number three is tell the truth lovingly. Being honest does not mean being brutal. Uh, Ephesians 4.15 says, Speak the truth in the spirit of love. Of love. Paul is telling us not to use the truth as a club. Don't go around and beat somebody over the head again and again uh, with the truth presented in that way. I want to get you to think about somebody that you would like to help change. Maybe there's somebody that you know that you're around a good bit and and they really need to change some things, but you're afraid that if you go and talk to them that they'll resent you and dislike you and won't have anything to do with you anymore. Well, the way to do that is to 
uh, go up to them, start talking to them, and let them know how much you care about them, how much perhaps you even love them. If you want to help somebody change, you've got to remember to do two things. Um, You've got to talk to them in a spirit of love. Secondly, people always perceive the truth that is presented without love as an attack, and they resent it, and they resist it. It might be the truth, but they're not going to like it. They don't want to hear it because they perceive that you in some way are attacking them. So you have to speak the truth in love. Number four, tell the truth tactfully. Whenever you need to share a tough truth, uh, the solution is never deception. The solution is to share it tactfully. Uh, let me ask you to consider these questions. With whom are you not being honest? What uh, problem are you ignoring in a relationship that you have? Uh, you may not like the way they squeeze the toothpaste. You might not like it that they just take a bath every other night. Uh, you might not like it uh, because of this or this or this. But what will you not face that is because you are afraid to face the truth about yourself or about somebody that you love? The truth, the scripture says, sets you free. Uh, when you speak the truth, you must speak it completely, consistently, lovingly, and tactfully. Proverbs 12:18 says, Reckless words pierce the soul, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. The writer of Proverbs is telling us that we have a great power with our words. We can either hurt people or we can heal them by what we say. You can develop people or you can destroy people. You can build them up or you can tear them down. He's saying that words have tremendous power. If you think about it, you can learn how to make a point without making an enemy. This is an important uh, thing. Uh, you want to save the relationship that you have with your husband, your wife. You want to save the relationship that you have with your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. I'm sure you've heard the age-old adage, put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion. Uh, that's still true. If there is something in your marriage that you need to share in love, uh, then I would suggest that you sit down and think about what you're going to say. Maybe even write it out a few times and uh, get it just like you want it and then go over that a few times in your mind. Get it just right. Then secondly, you pick the right time to bring it up. You don't want to wait until you're in bed at night and somebody turns off the light and you look over and say, by the way, I hate your guts. <laughs> you know, that's not the uh, best time. Or any time to say that. 
you want to pick the right time. I always tell couples the best time to talk about things that are important is right after supper because that way you have plenty of time and you can uh, take the phone off the hook in the other room and you can uh, go ahead and kind of talk it all out and then you can have a, a nice evening. Well, you want to find the right way to deal with important things. If you will do these four things that I've mentioned, the Bible says you will go a long way toward being an honest person. The problem is we don't always do that. Well, why don't we do it? Matthew twelve thirty four says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is telling us the real problem is not our mouth. It's our heart. The, the lies that are coming out of our mouth indicate that something is wrong on the inside. When it comes to lying, it is always an issue of the heart. If I am going to become a person of integrity, then I don't have to deal as much with my lips as I do with what motivates me to lie. That brings me to this question. Why do we lie? Have you ever thought to yourself, why is it that I lie? Why do I do that? When you understand the motivation for your lying, then you can get down to dealing with the real issue. Lying is not your real problem. It's what lies way down below that, deeper than that, is the real issue. I find it helpful to categorize lies uh, by what motivates them. Augustine said there were eight different types of lies. Mark Twain said there were 869 different types of lies. I don't know where in the world he got that number from, but uh, that's what he said. In the interest of time, <laughs> I have uh, narrowed it down to five. Uh, number one is the cruel lie. Now, this is the kind of lie that is intentionally destructive. You mean to hurt somebody. You want to hurt them. Uh, you tell it to get revenge for something that you feel like they did wrongly against you. You don't like them, so you make up a lie about them. Some politicians, of course, do this all the time. They spend money on advertisement which are cruel lies. Uh, the front page of the Tribune today had the two candidates for governor. It was big, real big on the front page. Um, Sometimes folks indulge in slander. Slander is when you make up a story about somebody that is not true, whose intentional purpose is to damage the other person's reputation. The Sadducees did this to Jesus. They made up all kinds of lies so that they could get him crucified. That was the goal. So they made up a cruel, untrue lie about our Lord. What do you think is the motive behind the cruel lie? Is it jealousy? Is it revenge? Is it anger? Is it hate? Is it resentment? All of these are ways of, of giving 
uh, cruel lies, their motives for doing that. Let me summarize them all under the word resentment. When I don't like you, it's easy for me to offer a cruel lie just to get back at you. Well, hopefully in Christ we can rise above that. Number two is the cowardly lie. When you are trying to avoid punishment, uh, this is the kind of lie that you told when you were in high school. And you told the teacher that the dog ate your homework. Uh, Adam told this kind of lie in the Garden of Eden. He sinned. He then took it like a man and blamed his wife. (laughs) When you don't want to get into trouble, you tell a cowardly lie. Uh, What is the motive for the cowardly lie? It's fear. You're afraid. When you don't have the courage to say no, you tell the cowardly lie. Number three is the conceited lie. This is when you lie to impress. You're trying to impress or cover up your low self-esteem, so you do a little bragging. Bragging and lying are first cousins. Uh, They're together a lot. You prop yourself up by bragging. It is a conceited lie. What do you do and what do you think motivates the conceited lie? It's insecurity. What comes off as pride or as an inflated ego, uh, when you peel back the layers, is really a frightened, insecure person. That's what is there when you finally get to it. If I don't think I'm as good as I should be, then I inflate my resume. Or the fish get bigger every time I tell the story. Uh, Is it enough just to tell the truth? It really is. Over the long run, that'll work a lot better. The root of the conceited lie is insecurity. Number four is the calculated lie. This is the kind of lie that we use to manipulate people. We use it to get what we want when we want it. It could be motivated by greed or by selfishness. Selfishness motivates the person to say, this is what I want and I will do anything to get it. Con men use this all the time. If you have a consuming love of money, you will use the calculated lie to make more of it. And then the last one is the convenient lie. This is a lie that every one of us in here are guilty of. Uh, We tell the convenient lie because sometimes it takes a a real big effort to tell the truth. Uh, This is the lie that you tell when the officer comes up to you. You are around an accident. And the officer asks you some questions, and you say, I didn't see anything when you were standing right there. You don't want to get involved. This is also what you tell when something uh, is hard to check out, hard to really substantiate. So you just kind of tell the convenient lie, and you think that's probably right. You know, stealing something is a crime. But to receive stolen property and to resell it 
is even a bigger lie, a bigger crime. I think this is true of gossip. Someone gives you stolen goods on somebody else. And then sometimes we move it along and add our little bit to the story. The convenient lie is something we tell because we don't want to take the time or the effort to find out the real truth about that issue. What do you think motivates this? Laziness is what motivates it. Laziness is the motivation behind the convenient lie. It is the kind of lie you tell uh, when you're over at somebody else's house and you want to go home and you think and think and finally you come up to say, uh, we've got to go home, our babysitter has a curfew. Uh, You would much rather say that than tell the truth, which is, I am bored to death and I want to go home. Have you ever had anyone invite you to go somewhere you didn't want to go, and they just kept it up and kept it up and kept it up? And so finally you said, okay, I'll be there. You had no intention whatsoever of going. Or you look great today. You just look remarkably wonderful today when what they're wearing doesn't go together at all. When we lie, we think we're doing the right thing at that particular moment. The Bible says in Psalms 34, Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. You will remember that Jesus said what was in our heart would come out of our mouth. That means if my heart is filled with resentment, then I'm going to be telling cruel lies. If my heart is filled with fear, then I'm going to be telling cowardly lies. If my heart is filled with insecurity, I'm going to be telling conceited lies. If my heart is filled with selfishness, then I'm going to be telling the calculated lie. If I am lazy, I'm going to be telling the convenient lie. So what's the solution? Solution is to stop telling lies and get Jesus to rework your heart. Get him to work on your heart. Uh, Jesus specializes in heart transplants. Jesus wants to fill our heart with love instead of selfishness, with joy instead of hate, with confidence instead of insecurity, and with energy and power instead of laziness. Jesus said, I am the truth. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more you're going to love the truth. Today, if you're in the house and you've been thinking and praying about coming and being a part of our family, today would be a great day. Today, if you're thinking, you know, I have never been baptized. The Bible says, believe and be baptized. But I've never been baptized. Well, maybe you need to do that. Of course, you want to believe first. You want to put your faith and your trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then follow the Lord in believer's baptism. However the Lord would lead you today, if there's a spiritual decision that you'd want to make, just slip to the aisle, slip forward, and take a stand for Christ who certainly stood for you. I'll be waiting here at the front for you to come. Let's stand together as we sing.